The scripture passage for this morning is from John's Gospel. I think I remember that it was my grandfather's favorite, my mom's father's favorite. But you know, I have family members in here. You can double check what I'm telling you. Um, my maternal grandfather's name was John. He was a quiet, steady, calm guy. He was a deacon in his Southern Baptist church, and he was also a plumber by trade. One time, many years after he had passed away, a younger friend of his told me that I resembled him in appearance, and believe it or not, I took it as a compliment. I surely did. I didn't choose the passage for today. It was already chosen for this date, for this congregation. So this passage chose me. This is John chapter 15, the first nine verses. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 2019, Keith and I made a decision to sell our home. You know that happens a lot when you're married to a home builder. And we decided to move into a temporary rental house. The upside of the property was location. Location, 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 right? It was close to the church, and it was close to the junior school where my youngest son was enrolled. The downside was primarily size. It was small, small, and age. In the hallway, there was a place to plug in the telephone, and by telephone, I mean landline, And underneath that plug for the telephone was a shelf that was right-sized for a phone book. Remember those? (laughs) I didn't give much thought to the downside, though. I just jumped. We wouldn't be there very often because we were so busy with work and church and school. I thought we'd eat out all the time, and then we'd just come home to sleep. Then came 2020. And my college daughters came home around spring break, and they never went back to school. (laughs) Claire graduated from college in our living room, and Alice stayed connected to Baylor online. Daniel took classes from his bedroom, and Keith and I also tried to work from home. I can't put into words for you how hard this time was, but I think you know. One afternoon, an older friend named Sue stood in my front yard. She was looking for Keith, as all fine people do. 
but he wasn't there. And she said to me in the front yard, what a charming home. I sighed and said, thank you. I don't like it very much. (laughs) You'll miss it when you're gone, I promise you. There will be things that you will miss about this place. I doubt it, I said under my breath. But I have learned to trust my older friends because they know a thing or two about life and how life plays out. And you know what? Sue was right. There certainly are some things that I miss about my 2020 home. I miss long walks with my daughters who now are on the go and often miles and miles away from me. I miss watching this horrible Netflix Western series every night with Keith. It was terrible. I can't recommend it, but I loved it. We watched every episode. (laughs) I miss the slip and slide. You see, that house was on a slope. I suspect the slope grew up underneath the house. And Daniel figured this out, and he saved up his money, and he ordered from Amazon a slip and slide, and he rolled that thing out in the front yard, and he would turn on the water and put on a show. There goes the neighborhood, right? (laughs) The rest of the Shelleys sat on the front porch watching him scoring his form and his creativity and his agility. Elaine O'Rourke is a theologian who was a student of Dallas Willard, and she has written on his extensive work in theology and philosophy. O'Rourke says this, When you abide, when you abide, you make a home. You make a home in a place, and its reality shapes you. Consider the difference between a house and a home. A house is a physical place with some particular qualities, thin walls, wood floors, old windows that break in hailstorms, a very small kitchen, a hallway with a shelf, for the phone book. A house is the what and the where of the place. A home is different. A home is not about the particular physical qualities. A home is the who and the how. Who is there and how it shapes you. You know, we do get these things all mixed up. HGTV will gladly confuse you on the topic. The contractor comes in like a fairy godmother and makes everything beautiful and the family extremely happy. But I know, I know I've had an inside look into the home building business. A contractor, an architect, a designer can only help you with the what and the where. The who and the how is up to you and me. And that's what makes a home a home. Disciples know how to do the who and the how. We do. We know how to do the who and the how because this is abiding. Eugene Peterson rewrote verse 4 of John 15 this way, Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In a book about everyday spiritual practices, Tish Harrison Warren titles a chapter, Fighting with My Husband. 
I'm a pacifist who yells at her husband, she says. Peace takes a whole lot of work. Conflict and resentment seem to be an easier route, shorter anyway and less humiliating. She references Anne Lamott who wrote, Earth is Forgiveness School. Forgiveness School. You might as well start at the dinner table. That way you can do this work in comfortable pants. You see, passing the peace in worship, it's a spiritual practice. We do it every week because it's a training. It's a training that enables us to build community, to bless those who are around us, to want good things for the people who surround us. And Warren says, and I know this is true, we can't seek peace out of our own will. We can't seek peace out of our own strength. We blow it. We fail the people around us. We pass judgment instead, and we retreat into selfishness. But there is a love to lean into. There is a greater love in which to abide. It's like a vine with branches, a well-cared-for vine. This vine is not cluttered. It is pruned. It is thriving. It is fruitful with many branches. When Jacob blesses his son Joseph in Genesis chapter 49, he calls Joseph an unstoppable vine. You are an unstoppable vine that overcomes obstacles and is full of life, blessed by God. You see, throughout the Bible, the vine is an image. It's a picture of Israel. And here in John chapter 15, Jesus promises the vine. Jesus promises the vine restored, unstoppable, full of life. And to his disciples, Jesus says, abide. The word abide is mentioned nine times in the nine verses that I read to you. John really likes the word. It shows up significantly more often in the Gospel of John and the letters of John than any other place in the New Testament. Other ways that the Greek word gets translated into English are to dwell, to be immersed, to live, even to inhale a place. These words from the 15th chapter of John are sometimes referred to as being a part of Jesus' farewell discourse, which covers three chapters in the gospel, and that's a lot of space in a, in a book of the Bible, three chapters. And in the farewell discourse, Jesus is explaining to the disciples what has happened at the Last Supper. He washed their feet. And he's also explaining what will happen on the cross. Death, resurrection, and ascension. The way I understand it is that Jesus is basically saying to his disciples, this whole thing, this whole thing that you are witnessing, it's about love and you are safe. So abide here, live here, be immersed here, inhale this place. I have a lot to be thankful for as I leave Alamo Heights United Methodist Church to serve another place. I have learned a lot about the love of Christ with you. I remember that just over a year into my time here, 
I had a baby. I had all three of my children while I was here at this church, and all three of them went to the weekday school here on this campus during the week. Claire is my oldest, and she was the first to go to the weekday school, and I remember when she was in the toddler room, one morning between appointments, I went downstairs to the weekday school to peek into the toddler room. I stood outside the door, outside and to the side so that I could peek in unnoticed to check on her, and I happened to catch her very upset. <laughs> she was crying. She was sobbing, and that's a tough moment for a new mom. But I also got to see one of the adults in the room pick her up, take her over to the rocking chair, talk to her, comfort her, calm her down. Taking the time to care for those who are hurting. This congregation does it well. And you have nurtured me, and you've nurtured my family very well. When that same child, my oldest, was in middle school, she had a great disappointment in an extracurricular activity. Her parents thought it was a great injustice, but we were a bit biased. <laughs> I was complaining to one of you here on a Sunday morning, and you said to me, you know, Dinah, it's a good thing for her to experience suffering while she's under your roof. You get to walk through it with her. It's hard, but we do hard things. We do. We pick up crosses. A handful of years ago, this church, our congregation, suffered a storm, a church split. It's been more than difficult. We've suffered. I've suffered. But it has given me the opportunity to walk the path of faith, to experience healing, and to witness to God's goodness. You know, resurrection, it's not just a one-time historical event. Resurrection happens all the time. It happens in all our homes. It happens all around us. It even happens in the church. About five years ago, one of my daughters was wanting to study abroad. They both have studied abroad. One went to Ghana in Africa and the other went to India. And when this child was pushing me to let her go overseas, I was fretting. It's too dangerous. She's too young. I need her to stay where I can get a hold of her. But again, one of you said, Dinah, don't let fear govern her choices. Allow her to be adventurous, to take the good stories that she knows to the ends of the earth. How else will those good stories get there? Well, I'm not relocating to the ends of the earth. I'm not that brave. <laughs> I'm just going beyond the county line. <laughs> I already live there. My home is there. And many evenings, I go for a walk at sunset. 
And when I go for a walk, I see this lovely miniature donkey. <laughs> She's very friendly. She lives about half a mile up the road from me, and she lives behind a white picket fence. She might be three feet tall if she's three feet tall. And if she's three feet tall, she's two and a half feet wide at her widest point, her belly. <laughs> she is round. She is well fed. We call her Donkey because we don't know the people that live there and we don't know her name. The best thing about Donkey's property is that there's this round feeder that sits in the very center of the yard you can see her there dining. The feeder is always full of hay, always. And the best thing about Donkey is she likes to put her front legs up in the feeder as she dines. <laughs> I've never caught her not dining. She's always there at the feeder. One time I even saw her all four legs up in the feeder as she was eating. This is where Donkey abides. She inhales the good stuff, unafraid. As I leave this place, I walk by Donkey in the evenings, and I think, I know, that's me. I'm her. <laughs> I've had it really good, really good for a long time. I will miss you. I take you with me. Thank you. Thank you.